Welcome to episode seven in a wellness podcast. Oh, that's exciting. Okay, so today I'm going to talk about panic attacks. Have you ever experienced panic attacks? I have experienced it and I totally know the feeling. Indeed, it took nearly six months to me just to get rid of it. It was so devastating. I'm going actually to share with you some tips today and a couple of strategies, including breathing technique again, that's a key, just to help you remove panic attack from your lives. So if you have experienced once, twice or more, or if you have not experienced, but simply you want to know more about it to be able to help others, then listen to this podcast. Let's dive into it. Okay, hello everyone. Another episode of Inner Oneness Podcast. And I appreciate all uh, people who have already subscribed, listened, and I'm very much looking forward to get any feedback or comments or specific areas that you want to hear more about. So before I start to talk about today's topic, I'm going to ask you if you are interested, join my free Facebook group, Inner Wellness with Global Heart. I'm planning to create a community who is absolutely enthusiastic to boost and improve the inner wellness, more specifically emotional wellness, but we try to cover the holistic because we are always focusing on a whole person, which is not a combination of the parts. It's definitely a whole. So please, if you are interested, I can put the link at the bottom of this um, podcast and you feel free to join me or you can just PM me in my Facebook, Dr. Nas Inner Wellness and my personal Facebook, Nasrin Parsian, and we can connect. Okay, so today's topic, I'm going to talk about panic attack. I have actually experienced panic panic attacks a few times. Once, absolutely, was horrible and it took about, I think, six months. So I totally understand what's the feeling and it's kind of really annoying and devastating because it does affect the whole quality of life. So a panic attack or panic disorder is a condition where a sudden or unexpected attack of intense fear or uh, like a panic and anxiety occur. As I mentioned before, it could be repeated unexpected attacks. So as the panic attack starts, there is a feeling of threat feeling of not being able to breathe, a fear of becoming extremely um, 
just disappointed and in sometimes sometimes if you are in public environment embarrassed or thinking oh if everyone is noticing me and it is usually happening out of the blue sometimes with no known cause or sometimes it's related to severe anxiety and fear so as i mentioned before it can be really devastating and draining and uh, it it does affect and it does um, break your whole normal life and your quality of life and sometimes it does affect your um, daily living activities they can actually, these kinds of attacks can lead themselves to increase stress and eventually poor health and also affect uh, sleep and sleep issues it could be other result. Loss of confidence, feelings of isolation, depression uh, or some other consequences. It's discussed that people with panic disorder, especially people who are experiencing repetitive panic attacks, uh, they may experience increased level of anxiety between panic, panic attacks and they may not have good sleep or good diet or good lifestyle. So when someone is having a panic attack, uh, there, are, there are a series of physiological and sensational symptoms. Basically, their heart rate increases. Uh, also, the breathing. However, because of difficulty of capturing or monitoring the real life and real moment of panic attack, either before or during an attack, the actual incidence of overbreathing or changing the heart rate during the panic attack is not 100% now with 100% certainty. Uh, but it's discussed that overbreathing is something um, which is happening in most panic disorders. And when they um, when they approach the medical assistance, they usually report that, or they may still have overbreathing after um, after the episode. So it seems that not all panic attacks uh, are care for the same reason. There are absolutely different theories, different reasons. Uh, one of them is dysfunctional breathing. Which is basically proved by many evidence and literature. There are some other theories about um, suffocation monitor in the brain, and that means a suffocation monitor in the brain can misfire and lead to panic syndrome when level of carbon dioxide increase which is kind of a little bit opposite of hyperventilation-based theory. Okay, so I'm not going actually to go in depth through these theories. Let's just um, 
start very briefly about what happens during a panic attack. Uh, a panic attack, as I mentioned before, is starting with a series of physical and hormonal and emotional symptoms in the body. And um, although everything may seem to happen at once, but there are certain stages uh, that the person may progress within a panic attack. Not everyone have exactly the same order of events or the same symptoms or the same progression. Everyone is different, but there are some similarities. Certainly fight or flight response is the very first early symptom in a panic attack which is basically as we discussed before in previous episodes um, is basically a protective and survival mechanism of the body which is managed by the autonomic nervous system in addition to autonomic nervous system the limbic system uh, which is responsible for which is the, the part of the brain which is responsible for emotions uh, that center is also working to protect body in this situation so these survival mechanisms um, certainly working in every single person when they sense they are in danger so they are protective systems and mechanisms of the body when when we face any particular danger uh, as the panic attack starts people may feel you know kind of something is not right uh, this may be followed by a pounding heart palpitation or pressure in chest or chest tightness, uh, changes in breathing, very much depending on, yeah, it's very different in different people. And the person begins to feel short, shortness of breath, or sometimes uh, having difficulty in breathing. And if these symptoms continue, they may develop chest pain. This is something that I experienced really badly, and as I mentioned before, for a long time. And my chest pain was severe enough to send me to the cardiac um, clinic and do everything um, to make sure the heart is is healthy and so I've gone through all the tests because the chest pain was really um, insisting on going and progressive so yes so the chest pain could be uh, a sign and people may begin with um, trembling sweating and they may also experience tingling, tingling, you know, on finger, in fingers, or even 
um, on the face. As the attack progresses, the person may begin to feel nauseated or develop a feeling of, okay, so what is happening on reality? This is another thing that I experience myself too in that prolonged panic disorder. disorder. Sometimes I feel that, okay, why I'm not able to see everything exactly the same that I used to see. For example, I don't know, the sky seemed different to me. When I looked at the nature, I didn't have the, the same picture that I used to have. So it was a feeling in, in, inside me, in my body, that something is unreal. There's a feeling of unreality. Uh, people may also feel faint and dizzy. The person may also become, as I mentioned before, embarrassed when they feel a panic attack coming on. And they may have an urge to escape. They just want to escape that situation. And the person is convinced that if they cannot escape in time, they may lose control, faint, or even die. It's, it's a horrible fear of dying. So the reduction in carbon dioxide level during a panic attack leads to spasm or narrowing of the blood vessel to the brain, um, which also reduces oxygen to the brain. And that's, that's possibly one reason that some people may faint. In addition, Glucose, which is, um, which is basically the food for brain cells, may be reduced uh, and then people may um, experience low blood sugar level or hypoglycemia, which is a cause of, you know, feeling sweaty and shaky and lightheaded as well. So... Some people are taken to an emergency department for investigation when they have a very severe panic attack. And yes, uh, the, the actual experience may be similar to a heart attack. That's, that's why it is very frightening. It's very unpleasant. And um, sometimes for some people can can be repeated for some years. So the other symptoms that people may experience, it could be pupil dilation. Uh, it could be nausea, I think I mentioned that. And definitely heart palpitation. That's, that's it's happening in most people and that's the very first symptom. And um, yeah, and they just eventually they they may feel they're about fainting. So, what? Why is why this is happening? Why panic attack is happening? And is it only you? Yeah, just just let me tell you first that this is not only you. Okay, so that's a that's a very 
it's, it's a myth saying that panic attack is related to mental health issues or, or I don't know, just a health condition. That is not true because panic attack may happen to everyone. If you experience anxiety and panic, you're not alone. Even many famous people, uh, writers and celebrities, they experienced panic attack. Charles Darwin, the well-known 19th century English uh, naturalist and geologist, he was often ill during his life, mainly in times of stress and overwork. And he acknowledged that his health always deteriorated from the excitement of going into society, particularly on occasions such as um, attending meetings or making social meetings or communication or visits. His symptoms appear to be those related to anxiety and panic, including stomach problem, vomiting, nervous dyspnea, headaches, palpitations, trembling, and faintness. And um, it's been several theories uh, about what Darwin actually suffered from, and a number of uh, resources uh, pointed to panic disorder. And um, some, some resources pointed to fear of open space. So it's possible that Darwin did suffer from panic disorder, although we never know for sure, <laughs> but it's something that it said in some resources. But I'm going to bring one sentence from Charles Darwin's actual famous quote, um, which says, it is not the strongest of the species that survives nor the most intelligent, but the one most responsive to change. So everything, everything has a way to change. So certainly anxiety and panic symptoms that most, most people, I can say most people or some people um, experience, those symptoms and those experiences are part of um, our evolutionary changes and adaptation and certainly they are opening another way to build up something something more advanced something better for our health and well-being okay so how we can change it and what should we do just to make that change happen okay so of course very often there is a hyperventilation and this hyperventilation or over breathing could be a habit and we don't know if 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 that person has over breathing as a habit for, for so many years or not but anyway, there is a hyperventilation within a panic attack episode. And people usually say their chest feels 
tightened, constricted, and then they have rapid shallow breathing. Uh, that certainly just uh, moves them into the more severe panic. So in this situation, uh, I can tell you, feel your breath. Basically, just feel your breath and allow a full exhalation, if you can. Maybe even with a little sound, like... So you're taking out of this high thoracic breathing to a more controlled or regulated breathing. There are receptors, receptors in... Um, in the inner muscles as well as uh, in the bottom receptors. Uh, so when you are in that quick, short breathing state, uh, it actually reinforces even more the hyperaerosol, the, the sympathetic hyperaerosol, which causes more, uh, more vigorous and more panic so you have to break uh, the opposite you have to break this cycle and just induce the opposite cycle so that's what can help if you start with regulated breathing but sometimes it's not easy for everyone to regulate and start with controlled breathing. So the regulated and controlled breathing is what we discussed in the last episodes. If you just, you know, count to number one to four and slowly breathe in only through your nose, shut the mouth only through the nose and then breathe out. You can, you can do the breathe out through your mouth. Again, with number one to four, or if you can just make it smoother. But as I mentioned before, sometimes people are not really um, comfortable to do that. In this situation, what we can um, suggest is just simply observe, simply observe breathing. Uh, just be a witness of your breath in and out it's kind of breathing awareness and being mindful about your breath if you are able to do the diaphragmatic breathing that is perfect i'm not sure if you have seen baby when when the baby is breathing you can see the movement of abdominal muscles and that is diaphragm. So basically diaphragmatic breathing is really helping in this situation. But as I mentioned before, it's, it's not the right time when the, when the person has panic attack to teach uh, diaphragmatic breathing. Uh, and they and they may just I don't know keep thinking oh, I'm doing it right I'm doing it right oh no my stomach is just going down it's supposed to be up yeah so it's not the right time that is possibly taking a little bit of more time to to teach <laughs> this technique uh, 
so yeah, the easiest ways is just just change your um, perspective and turn your attention to observe your breathing in any way that feels more comfortable. So that's a very first thing that you can you can do, you know, simply having the permission to breathe however you breathe. Um, having the task being the observation of the breathing rather than the changing of the breathing. So that can help uh, people decrease an anxiety about breathing if I breathe wrong or right and also it can help uh, a little bit uh, get more relaxed and be ready for this for the self-regulatory breathing task soon just to remind you feel free to join my free facebook group in a wellness with Global Heart. So drop me a message and I'll send you a link. And I'll see you there. So now listen to the rest of the show. Don't reproduce the hyperventilation and overbreathing when you are in the panic attack. Because that is going to be sometimes dangerous because it can be overbreathing can cause arteries to constrict and can reduce blood circulation and blood flow and oxygen uh, to vital organs such as heart and brain and eventually may lead to angina chest pain or dysrhythmia you know irregular heart rhythm uh, and sometimes can can cause um, absolutely low blood flow to the brain, which is eventually, you know, coming with with the dangerous result. So just make sure that you do not try to reproduce symptoms by hyperventilation. Uh, something is important here that I wanted actually to share with you, uh, which is we can actually reduce the harness of and the heaviness of the physiology of a panic attack. How? Generally, panic and anxiety has to do with specific bodily sensations. Often, you know, as we said already, a heart increased, um, a, heart, a heart pounding, uh, increased heartbeat, and increased pressure on the chest. Uh, difficulty in breathing and maybe twisting in the gut. So the key here is uh, sometimes you actually have severe panic attack because of fear of if you have already experienced panic attack before, uh, you may get another severe panic attack because of this fear of panic attack. So this fear this fear of fear, something like that, is actually uh, passing a message into your mind 
then the mind is just starting to say, oh, oh my God, I'm having a panic attack now, another panic attack. And then uh, can very easily trigger your nervous system and the whole system to have another panic attack. So when you vocalize and locate the sensations, whatever it is, heartbeat, chest pressure, throat constriction, tanning, twisting in the gut, as soon as you isolate the sensation, you're able to focus in a, in a softer way on the sensation. So by focusing on the sensation, you basically soften the sensation and the physiological um, sense, sense of that uh, part of the body and allow them to change. Then you get surprised how the panic and anxiety of loop is just starting to break. So that that is really working. Believe me, this is working. So as soon as you experience sensations in different parts of the body, start to locate or even vocalize that sensation and give that sensation the opportunity, the permission to change. My favorite is, as I mentioned before, heart-based or heart-centered or heart-focused uh, breathing. So we can invite people to imagine that they could actually breathe in and out of the heart. So definitely they need to relocate their breath in, the in-breath through the nose into the heart space and then just give the heart space some opportunity and room to expand and imagine breathing into the heart space and seeing you know if you can sense that, that the quality of that expansion in the chest where you breathe in and that is, that is a great exercise and definitely you can do it when you are not in the panic situation just to, just to feel more comfortable with. And as you exhale, imagine breathing out of the heart space. So breathe in, imagine you can breathe into the center of your heart, feel the expansion around the heart and lungs and allow that expansion to dissolve as you breathe out of the heart space. So that's my favorite breathing uh, technique. And I'm not focusing at this stage, you know, on the numbers or, you know, the duration of um, in-breath and out-breath. Uh, it's just basically focused on heart. And eventually, you know, with further uh, practice, you can, you can see, you can observe uh, the heart rate variability. And because, you know, the balance of sympathetic and parasympathetic activation 
can be measured through heart rate. So it's been shown to increase positive feeling of connection as well as courage. Uh, I can also like um, to use a technique that is a mudra of courage. So mudra is indeed, uh, mudra means gesture. Mudra is a Sanskrit word that, that means seal or gesture. And they are specific gesture made with the hands, face or body to promote health and balance and to you know evoke specific psychological attitude or sense of uh, spirituality so there are different uh, mudra if you can <laughs> search and oh, one is vayu mudra is a gesture that can be used to calm the body and you know regulate heart and panic attacks um, and this gesture is a little bit uh, you know you need to bend the index finger uh, so that the, the, the tip touches the inner, um, inner web of the thumb uh, and then fold the middle and ring fingers as they touch the tip of the thumb and then the little finger extends out and position, then, then you need to position fingers in this uh, muda um, on both hands. The other um, position or gesture or its mode of courage is um, abaya, and abaya means it means I have no weapon. It's it's actually the gesture of uh, fearlessness and peace, and um, it's a ritual hand gesture that is performed to draw feeling of protection within yourself, safety and courage. So yeah, so these kinds of gestures can be used just to help people to connect uh, with, with the resources within and get more connected to the heart. And at the same time, they can do heart-based and heart-focused breathing, inhale and exhale. Uh, then moving into the gesture of courage on the inhale and keep this um, gesture to, um, to make sure that you have a sense of natural expansion of the heart and facilitate the in-breath uh, and going back to the space of heart and then gentle release of out-breath. So breathe in with the gesture of courage and breathe out with the gesture of inner strength and peace. So that's something that I, mm, I can suggest and, and I think that's going to be helpful. And the other thing that I recommend is not eating a large meal before two or three hours um, of bedtime. Uh, that is very important because it's, if, if you overeat, um, 
before bedtime. Uh, certainly, you can increase your over uh, breathing, and also you have some issues with sleep. Uh, and recent evidence suggests that a diet high in fiber, food, vegetables, and low sugar improves sleep quality. And the study found uh, that improved nutrition led to improved quality in deeper level of sleep. So your sleep is certainly important too. The other thing that you need to consider to have a better sleep um, could be avoiding electronic screens, uh, at least in an hour before bedtime, um, avoid um, alcohol, caffeine, and a large meal, as I mentioned before, uh, before bedtime. And um, it's better to sleep with your, with your mouth closed and continue nose breath while you sleep. And the other thing that I mentioned was about changing your lifestyle. So it's good actually to have some time out during the day when you work or whatever, just, just give yourself a bit of break. Um, daily walk is really good. Start a daily walk while nose breathing. And um, it's good when you walk just to wear comfortable clothing and do your regular stretch even you know in the middle of your work uh, stand up and do some gentle stretch every every couple of hours during the day or during your work and um, it's good actually to add some unrefined sea salt to your food uh, if you don't have any problem with blood with blood pressure and um, Yes, and continue just gently nose breathing. Uh, that can improve your carbon dioxide levels and uh, monitor your breathing. And also be, 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 aware, be aware of your posture uh, throughout the day because the C posture is not the healthy posture. So make sure that you have an upright and uh, relaxed posture during the day. So yes always is about the combination of all these aspects that's about holistic health that's about holistic care and that's about a whole person these are the things that i actually did myself years ago when i experienced panic attack for panic attacks for six months and as i mentioned before i've gone through all the tests everything but then i I just did all of these things together. I just started to practice um, my breathing. I checked my my breathing, just did kind of, you know, breathing assessment and breathing awareness and uh, started to watch and observe my breath and then um, went to the stage of controlled breathing when I was, when I, when I felt comfortable with. Uh, and at the same time, I changed my diet. I, um, I had more um, natural diet and um, natural tea, herbal tea, uh, water. I just started to dehydrate, dehydrate myself as much as I could and had daily walk, just connected with nature and started you know, continued breathing, nose breathing when I was in nature and had some time out. So yes, so with these um, 
with these practices, I was able to manage and treat my panic attacks that continued for six months. And at the beginning, I actually uh, was trying to seek medical um, assistance and medical help. But eventually, I helped myself <laughs> in these ways. So, yes, in a nutshell, within the attack or very close to attack, start just to slow down your breathing and just feel comfortable with your breath. Just feel it, just connect to your breath and observe it first, just to make sure that you feel more comfortable to go to the next stage, which is more about regulated and controlled breath. At the same time, you can just do the sensation, localize and uh, even vocalize the areas that you sense uh, changes happening, including your heart, your chest, your, your gut, uh, and if you want, you can use that courage gesture at the same time that you do breathing. And once you get a little bit more subtle, do controlled breathing. And I would definitely suggest you do these things, you know, every day, uh, because in any uh, stressful situation and challenging situation, you may get back to back to the same loop. So what we need to do is just, you know, managing anxiety. So change your lifestyle, uh, eat healthy, absolutely limited sugar, and um, have, have a regular walk, if you can, every day, every second day, uh, nose breathing, and just concentrating on your heart, and sleep well, make sure that you uh, limit the sleep, inter inter you know, the, the factors that interfere your sleep, um, just get your electronic devices, uh, perhaps, you know, put in another room uh, and just get them off at least an hour before bedtime and avoid overeating closer to the bedtime and most importantly, be kind to yourself. Give yourself love and make sure that you are in charge of yourself and you are stronger than what you can imagine. You can change everything. So an anxiety is something that certainly you can change it and you can remove it from your life. But it needs a consistent and regular practice. So it's not happening in, you know, a second like that. Uh, but over time, when you keep practicing, when you keep connecting to yourself, connecting to your body, you can change it. Okay, thank you for your listening. Uh, let me know if you if you are interested in any other concepts related to anxiety and stress, then I can add some more discussions into it. Um, and yeah. We are looking forward just to talk about some other interesting topics about inner wellness. Keep well, be loved, keep shining. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. I'm very looking forward to hear from you. Any feedback, suggestions and support and subscriptions would be much appreciated. Have a good one. Keep shining.